0: You're listening to The Edge with Larry Holiday, podcasting live from the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I saw her sitting in the
1: rain, raindrops falling on her. She didn't seem to care. She sat there and smiled at me. Welcome to The Edge. Hello, I'm Larry Holiday. And on this episode, we're going back in time we're going to unlock the Wayback Machine. And we're going to ask that very important question. Where Where were you you in the the 60s? 60s? Were you lucky enough to grow up in the 60s? Well, I know I was. I think it was luck anyway, good luck. Hey, it was a pretty turbulent time in our history. The 60s, wow! Hey, that was the start of the Beatles. They changed the whole music scene. And we had everything, all the racing. I look forward to that every weekend. It was big, big, big. I remember Sunday, 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 Sunday at the local drag strip. Hey, the 60s was a big hit in my life. And it was a big mix. Boy, well, you had a little bit of everything going on. It was a good time, a bad time. And sometimes it was just a complete mess. But hey, if you grew up during that time, I want to hear about it. The 60s, where were you? We're going to the phones now, and we've got on the line Danny Miller. Danny Miller was a friend of mine. I grew up in the 60s. We played in a local band together, and uh, he's going to share some of his 60s inspirations and stories let's bring him on right now I got Danny Miller in the studios now of uh, the edge uh you know I'm sure you were very young when the 60s started so let's start at the very young you know the start of the 60s what when did you first realize hey this is exciting something's happening here I like this when when did that all begin
0: well actually I think as with a lot of people during that decade um, uh, when the Beatles hit I think that was I think they first aired on Ed Sullivan's show uh 1964
1: right it's been a-
0: That, that that changed everything. It changed music. It changed everything. And uh, I think that's you know up to then I was just a little kid. <laughs> yeah,
1: that had a huge impact. I think that's one of the things that everybody remembers
0: when when they appeared on Ed Sullivan. And up to that point, I would really never listened to music that much. So I didn't have that big of an interest in it. I mean, I, you know, I'm just a kid. I'm out playing in the dirt. Hmm. And then once once they they hit. Like I said, next thing I've got a transistor radio in my hand, and by uh, by Christmas of that year, I had a guitar and an amplifier.
1: <laughs> you know, when we grew up, we didn't have the social networks that the kids now have. Our social network was our next door neighbor, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or, or the person down the street. And uh, right. if, I, I remember it seemed like the when the Beatles hit, and everybody saw it on Ed Sullivan's Show. It seemed like, the, like you said, the very next day everybody wanted to be a musician and, and we grabbed old guitars and I had my next door neighbor come in the backyard and we sang uh, Beatles songs and every, every block had a band on it and every block did, had a every garage. Yes, absolutely. And I remember uh, when I grew up, this was, this was like the kids now are on Facebook and texting and stuff. But the kids back then had a band, and they were in the garage. And and when I first started out, I wasn't even in the garage. I was in the house. And my parents quickly decided it would be a good thing to have the band practice in the garage. (laughs) But uh, we had a great time. And and so your first band, what was it like? Well,
0: my first band, we were uh, a bunch of kids who had no clue what we were doing. Uh, We met in school, and one one led the other. If someone managed to master a chord, they couldn't wait to share it with the other And uh, or master some little three-note run. Oh, boy. Uh, and we uh, we were the garage band. I mean, that, that's where we played. That's where we practiced. We even held our own little dances in uh, one of my friend's garages. Um, we hung Christmas lights <laughs> to decorate the thing. And, uh, wow. <laughs> we invited people over and we asked where we played and back then you know not having not knowing what, what you were doing you listen to a song and like for example i, I played uh, i started on a guitar but i played either rhythm or bass depending on the song if the song had a really interesting bass part i wanted to play bass if it wasn't then i would strum a chord
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh is that right you were you were multitasking as they say in nowadays
0: the 60s i was multitasking
1: yeah well just-
0: to stand out, you know, yeah, you didn't.
1: Yeah. So you didn't well, want to play the. You didn't want to play the drums. I knew a lot of guys that wanted to play the drums because seemed like the girls liked the drummer.
0: I wouldn't coordinate enough of that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I got my guitar, um, my mom bought me two albums. Learn to Play Guitar with the Ventures. Remember them?
1: Oh yeah, I sure do.
0: Well, I mean, these albums were fantastic. I mean it. It had a booklet that came with it that showed you all the notes, all the strings. It showed you the different notes going up the frets. Mm-hmm. It shows you how to make chords. Uh, and it had each album, I think, four songs attached to it, like Pipeline, Walk, Don't Run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, well, hey, that was a, that was a lot those, of action. Those
1: you know? were the big songs of the, of the garage bands because guess what? You didn't need a singer. If right. you just had a guitar player... And maybe a drummer, or you didn't even need that. If you had another guitar player, you could play a song. We're good to go.
0: The neat thing about these albums, um, each song would be represented four different times, and the first time would be with every with the whole band playing it. Their their adventures. Then each each song after each, the song after that would would omit an instrument, yeah. and you played along with it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It would be rhythm. Rhythm would be missing. The lead would be missing. Bass would be missing. And you got to play all the parts and learn all the parts to the songs. And that was that was the neatest thing in the world. that's how I really kind of started to learn to play guitar until I met some friends at school. Right. Then we, you know, we ventured out from there. (laughs) Do you (laughs)
1: remember the very first time that you got paid to play or the very first time you played out in public?
0: Our our band uh, was called Sherlock Holmes and the Investigators.
1: Oh, wow. That's one uh, I've never
0: heard. Well, hey. um, (laughs)
1: Yeah. That's kind of like the flock of seagulls of the '60s. It, it, we
0: played. Uh, I know we played a, a dance at the Grassfield Roudin Club down in Chesapeake.
1: Wow, the Roudin Club. Yeah, they used to have dances on weekends.
0: Seven hundred miles out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I know we did. Uh, we did a battle of
1: the bands.
0: Uh, at Ripley, remember, uh, remember Mr. Ripley at the Williams, Williams Court Williams-
1: Recreation Center, yes. Um, what kind of struck you as, um, getting your interest like when you were in 1964, you were 12 years old and you were starting to, you know, get into your teen years and stuff like that. What happened there? What did you find interesting about that decade then?
0: Well, to be honest, <laughs> um, outside of music, um, School never was really exciting to me. Yeah, I won't get in.
1: school band. You could have been in that.
0: I could have, and and you know everyone. I guess um, I think it was fifth grade is when they test your musical aptitude. Most, <laughs> most musicians, I think, fail that test. <laughs> After my little garage band experience with with the investigators, <laughs> I joined the band. Uh, how was Doctor? How was, uh,
1: How was Doctor Watson? Who was he? That, yeah, he was. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was, uh, he was all right. Um, <laughs> I joined the band and I'm sure everyone remembers the Off Beats.
1: The Off Beats.
0: Yes, indeed. And we were, they were, I mean, they were already together. They were a band and, and our drummer's mother was our manager, if you want to call it that. And, uh, a drummer's sister actually was my girlfriend, so we had a, quite a connection there. Mm-hmm. But we, she knew, they, they knew Mister Ripley very, very well, and uh, we used to play. I don't, I don't know if you remember, he had a, um, I don't know what they were called. It was, it was a, a group that they had rifles and they did all the
1: oh fancy yeah, twirling uh, and all um this. yeah the well they had some girls that did twirls. They called it the Riplets or something like that. When weren't they called? The rifles. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't remember. I do remember the guys with the rifles, but the girls had batons, didn't they? Okay. Well, these are the rifles, and mm-hmm. of course they weren't real rifles. But right, those were we the guys, Those were the cadets who were always in the parade and did dr- yeah. the drill team. We, the drill team. Yeah, there it is. We used to go to
0: the community center and play for them to do their thing. Yep. And then we went. We traveled to Maryland with Mr. Ripley and that gang. There was a competition. Or I forget where. In Maryland, we traveled to Maryland and played for them to do their rifle thing. That was that was fun too. Doing that,
1: yeah, um, you got to see a little bit of the world.
0: But in that, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to say, in that in that particular band, I don't know if you remember. Right on George Washington Highway, right by the railroad tracks across from Suburban pro, uh, suburban Propane, there was a bar called Delito's. Well, the offbeats, we were the house band. <laughs> we played, and we're talking about now 14, 15 year old kids in this place. We played uh, four nights a week in Delito's. And uh, Mom and Pop Delito, they were like 300 years old, these, these two. Nice old people, but uh, they had their bar, and I want to tell you what, at such a very young age, I was exposed to a lot of things.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, see, you, was, you know, you were in a drinking establishment before you were old enough to drink.
0: Amen. Amen. But the waiters just helped us along with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let me ask you this. Know, how much was the payroll back then on your big night at, at uh, Toledo Inn? I,
0: think, I don't know. I, I want to say I made maybe, like, Fifteen bucks,
1: 20 bucks a week. Wow, man. Well, how many nights did you play? Four. Four nights, $15. I I do remember the very first time I played, uh, it was at the, uh, oh, my gracious, I can't think of the place, but it was a a lake, and they had a dance hall there on the weekends. I think it was Saturday night. Lake Ahoy? No, it was a different one. trying to think of the name of it. Oh, okay. you yeah, know. But that. I played, we, I played with a, a group of guys and at the end of the night, we split the money up because, you know, it was like five of us and we all got a certain amount. Well, you know, we went in there and did everything professionally, you know, dressed right, had the equipment, stood there all night, played music at the end of the night and we divvied up the money. I made a grand total of 32 cents. <laughs> 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 yeah, but hey, man, you know, I made some money. Well, that's. I feel pretty good
0: then. Yeah. Oh, I know what it was.
1: Lake Geneva.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lake, Lake Geneva. Geneva.
1: It was. They had a dance hall there on the weekend.
0: We played uh, right just uh, up the street from me. There was a little grocery store, Dixon's Grocery, uh, yeah, and I um, that. you probably do if you
1: yeah. if you ever down Canal Drive at all. Your name sounds well. You know, I remember a big time. It was uh, Rodman's was out there for a while, but the Dixie Driving was a big thing. That's where all oh, the yes, hot rodders, you know. I just used, used to love to go up there. You know, I'd, I'd ride around with the guys that had cars. You know. And they'd come pick me up or whatever, and I'd ride up there and sit up there. On the, They had curb service, and we'd sit out there and order something, Hush Puppies or something like that. And we'd just listen to the cars coming in and everything. I mean, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun, a lot of activity. Do you remember the double J? The double J? Do you remember the double J? Yes.
0: Yeah, they, were, they were almost across the street from Dixie.
1: That's right, yep, yep.
0: Double J, yes, indeed. Those um, were good times. Well, we played just – we recently mentioned Dixon's Grocery. Uh, of course, I knew him. kind of grew up with him. I mean, I live right down the street from him, And, I mean, my mom, we shopped there all the time because uh, there was nowhere else back then. And my, uh, our, our little manager in the off beach, she knew Mr. Dixon very well. So he got us to come to the store. And he had he had built like a, a screened-in area in front of – right? You walked through the, the little porch to get to a store. So we sat up there and we played. Well, our pay was five dollars a man and a pack of cigarettes. Uh, uh. That was our pay.
1: Well, look, and five dollars cool. was a lot. Went a long ways back then. What a gas was uh, 20-some cent a twenty-some cent a gallon.
0: Yeah, but I wasn't driving then. So <laughs> five bucks was, oh yeah, man, that was good.
1: Yeah, I, I, this a, is a career now. <laughs> plus
0: a pack of cigarettes. Hey, man, Phew. if he would have thrown a Pepsi in, I mean, I just it would have went over the top. You know? Yeah, yeah. But we, uh, yeah, that was was interesting times back then. Um, People played a grocery store. I bet Jimi Hendrix didn't play at a grocery store.
1: You never know. But, you know, I I, I can say this, that I was one of the very few that saw him live in concert. I really did. Did you really? Yeah, in 66 or 67. I can't remember the year, really. But I I went because a friend of mine had, had, we played in a band together. And he says, hey, he's, he's playing at Virginia Beach Dome. And mm. we caught, we got in the car and went there and watched the show. And I saw him uh, burn his guitar up and that kind of stuff. And it was different. You know, We I grew up and was weaned on the, the Beatles. And then here comes along, you know, psychedelic music. Uh, I think it was a soft machine started out. And, and you know, that from then on, after that concert, guess what? I had my, my bedroom painted. And uh, fluorescent paint, <laughs> and I had a black light. I remember that. Yeah, the good old days. I remember that. <laughs> and I, I remember I had an old GE fan, and I, made, I I I painted the blade so when it spun, it kind of you know hypnotized. <laughs> remember we had this one nightclub in the area it was called the lighthouse
0: mm-hmm. and
1: everybody went there and i mean it um we had some we had some great garage bands I, I noticed online there was a list of bands uh from the hampton roads area virginia north carolina area that that played there that made it online you know bands like the swinging machine the Rondells, uh uh-huh. i mean just tons of bands and so we got, you know, to hear a lot of good bands. Right down the road from our studios in the Outer Banks was a place called um, Nags Head Casino. And oh, well, all, the, all the big bands played there. Did, did you ever walk through those doors? Uh,
0: no. I actually never made it to the casino.
1: They, they closed probably a little bit before you got old enough to get in the door. But I was about probably the same age as you may be. Uh, and, and I remember in the, I had a good friend that, that, uh, that was an apprentice at the, at the, uh, naval shipyard in Virginia. And he, because he had his job, he had a brand new 1966 GTO convertible and he played in a garage band. I believe they were called the Malibus and he was driving a GTO. <laughs>
0: You mentioned the lighthouse and and actually a a place that wasn't, I mean, you had to be local to to know about it was the ambassador club.
1: Remember that? Yes, I do. That was every weekend. Pretty much. That was a swinging place to be. They brought in all the big bands and all that sort of thing. Yep. The ambassadors club. I remember uh, hearing the swinging machine there. And of course, one of the guys, one of the guys in the band was a friend of mine. Gosh, man, they were so good. I really think out of all the, the bands that came out of the area, and even to today's standards, uh, they should have been the one that made it nationally. They were just so daggone good. You know,
0: well, and, and you know, I have you're talking about these bands, and, and I have one, well, I have one to one, but, but I have one regret is that I never heard the Swing the Machine laugh. Well, see, it used to be a bar, I mean A bar, a, you go in, you get drunk, you get in a fight, get thrown out, kind of a bar. And that closed down, and um, it was reached. So I don't know who opened it, but it was reopened you- as Sloopy Teen Club.
1: Sloopy, and yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I was only,
0: you know, I was only like 13. I had a friend that lived just across the street from us. I used to go down to his house, and we'd sit out on summer nights and listen to the music across the street. But we never, you know, we never were allowed over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, the swinging machine played, the Beast Nuts, the Wild Kingdom. You could hear. Yeah, you could hear it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and but I never heard. And and for some reason, I've always had this thing for that band. I listen to their music now, and um, of course, you know when their singer when when he passed away, and after a short period, you know they regrouped and become and become the machine.
1: Mm-hmm. They remember that, them. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And well, they were they were. I mean, I don't know if you you know they they produced one record, and and the funny part about this record. And I heard them play. I heard them play, uh, I don't know if you remember or not, during the summer, and now we're talking 67, 66, 67, at, uh, at Foreman Field, Old Dominion University. They used to do concerts there on Sunday afternoon, local bands. Yep. A lot of the local bands. And I heard, I heard them play there, the machine. And I also heard them, they opened for Steppenwolf one night at Foreman Field. And I heard them, and they were. I'm gonna tell you what. I mean, I, I never heard the machine, the swinging machine, so I can't compare. Right. But the, the machine, they were a fantastic band. Hmm. I mean, they they really truly were uh, a marvel. I, uh, and and the harmony, they they did uh, Three Dog Night song, celebrate. And if you closed your eyes, you would have thought Three Dog Night was on stage.
1: So so tell me this. Yes. Sir. What was the first live concert you went to?
0: You know, probably, a, popular, um, a popular,
1: well-known band, you know, big concert.
0: Probably uh, uh, Sly and the Family Stone.
1: That was that was late 60s, wasn't it? It had to be.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, that was 70.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you didn't go to any of the large concerts in the not, 60s or anything?
0: Not really, no. Mm-hmm. I, really, I led a very sheltered life.
1: <laughs> Probably a good thing. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember the Woodstock deal, you know. I wasn't really interested in going. You know, a lot of people says, oh, you know, how could you not? But, no, I wasn't. It was August, and um, I remember seeing it on the news and all these groups coming in. And, and when you lived through that time, you didn't see it as a major thing going on. You knew it was different, but it didn't seem like like it's being made up now to be – such a big thing that everybody came from all over and all that. i was i was actually that month uh cruising around looking for a car because <laughs> I, I wanted a car i wanted to get out and have some fun and and you well know. you know the woodstock really was a, a
0: problem for me never i never made it there either and i wish i had <laughs> a few people that did and and it was an experience that you know you have to experience
1: what do you think, what grabbed you from, from your youth when you grew up in the 60s? What, what really kind of, you know, what swayed you? Was it the music or was it the atmosphere somewhere else or being involved in? Um, one night
0: I was 15 years old, we were out in my front yard, and a friend of mine was out with me, it's summertime, so it was probably 10 o'clock at night, but it was, I said it was summertime, no school, and it was warm. We were out just hanging out in my front yard. And we happened to look off in the distance, and we saw this glow. And we said, well, gee, something's going on. So we took off and uh, walked uh, a little ways from where I lived and went up to one of the firefighters uh, at the truck and asked if he needed help. No, you know, but if you hang around when we're finished, you can help us clean up. Oh, that's cool, you know. So we did. Well, we helped them roll up their hose, do whatever they. They did. After we finished they had their old Cadillac ambulance there. So they, they threw us in the ambulance, took us back to the firehouse with them. And uh we helped them do what they had to do. Well, uh, if you remember the Dixie drive in.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a uh, hamburger uh, joint, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. We had a company that we're coming well, very popular. I've been had been around for years and you know, they he used to be in Chesapeake and he had they built a new place in Portsmouth just across the the line there, uh, the railroad tracks. Well, here he come with a big box of food, hamburgers, hot dog. I mean, not hot dog, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, fries, sodas, milkshakes for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And shared with us, too. You know, we're pigging out with the thing. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really cool, you know. So uh, I was 15. My friend was 16. when well, he joined the volunteers uh, at, right after that. Didn't stay very long because the medical end of it didn't suit him, but that influenced me more than anything. Because eventually, I became a firefighter. That was my career.
1: Oh, well, that you go. So
0: that event in the '60s, which you know I, I never give any thought to uh, at the time, I kept that in the back of my mind, I guess. And and I became that was my career. Uh, I retired from that. And, you know, that, that free meal I got that night with the Brentwood Volunteers was was the one and only free meal I ever got.
1: <laughs> really? How about that? Yeah, and that, I'm thinking,
0: wow, I'm become a
1: fireman. Look at all this
0: food and stuff people bring. Well, no, they don't.
1: <laughs> so when you saw really that do and was involved with that, that kind of uh, inspired you to be a fireman then?
0: It did. It did. It How stuck about with that? me. I didn't do that right away. I did other things for a few years in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's where I, I wound up, and it was really the interest that that generated is what got me to do that. So that's probably the biggest you know, the biggest event in my life in the 60s that that, formed, that shaped my future.
1: Uh, it certainly sounds like it did if, that, if you made a career out of it.
0: I'm going to tell you that a friend of mine, in fact, he was in that first little garage van I was in. He was one of the ones that we met in school, and we would teach each other. He, of course, built a career for himself as well, and um, worked in totally unrelated, uh, unrelated field and did music. But he never put music down. Uh huh. Never stopped. He always played, yep. even though his career didn't pay him. He didn't. He, his career wasn't music. It, it never left him. Right. And I'm sad to say it did me. I, I played I, for a few years. I had a lot of fun. I met with, met some great people had a lot of good times, played some great places, um, and they're all memories that I hope I never lose. I don't know, one day brother.
1: Well, how but, old were you when you actually got into the fire, uh, decided to actually take that step? Uh,
0: actually, I was uh, 29.
1: So you went through your teens, and you were completely through the 60s and probably through the 70s when you decided to get into the fireman job, huh? Well,
0: what what happened with that? I uh, at eighteen, we moved from uh, Chesapeake to Portsmouth, and, and in the Craddock area. Mm-hmm. Actually, I lived in an old Williams Court. I'm sure there's a few people still around that remember that. Mister Ripley. Yes, indeed. And <laughs> and actually, Williams Court was a cool place back then.
1: Well, you know, you place. know, one of the longest running um, parades. Uh, what is it? Memorial Day parade. Is uh, was located in Portsmouth, Virginia, one of the longest running Memorial Day Charlie parades. And Mr. Ripley was one of the big uh, people that put that together. He was one of the ones, you know. Everybody, I remember the year that a trumpet player in our band, and you knew him well, Charlie Bond, mm-hmm. he played Taps for Mr. Ripley at the Memorial Day parade. The um, they brought the marching. You know, cadets or whatever up and they stopped at the main stage and Charlie played the taps for it. I remember that. Mr. Ripley was big into the Memorial right. Day parades all through the 60s and 70s. And God bless his soul, you know, he's not with us anymore, but he did so much. He gave a lot. You know, his passion was to help, uh, young people and all. He did a lot. But the Portsmouth, uh, Memorial Day parade is one of the longest running parades, in, uh, in the nation.
0: Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yep.
1: Yeah. We've got to interrupt into this program as the Wayback Machine is out of power right now. We're plummeting back to the earth. Uh, Didn't seem to bring enough quarters for this visit. So stay tuned for our next episode. And We definitely want to appreciate Danny Miller for this insight into the 60s back in the Hampton Roads area, playing music and such. So stay tuned to our next episode, and we're going to bring more quarters. Hope you enjoyed it. The Edge with Larry Holiday. Live from the Wayback Machine, on its way back to Earth. You've been listening to an interview with our guest this evening, Danny Miller from Lynchburg, Virginia. Retired firefighter and ex-bandmate going way back in the 60s discussing some of his... uh, inspirations and experiences of the 60s. We'll continue with Danny Miller on another episode but for this one we're off out of the Wayback Machine is plummeting back the earth. So pick up the next episode where we discuss more with Danny and we have a few more guests that'll be going into the Wayback Machine. So you're going to enjoy it. The 60s on the Edge with Larry Holiday. I'd like to thank the Internet Archives for the help and support of some of the music on this show, including Donnie G's Top 100 and the Guy hit Hippie Show, along with The Ventures Guitar Freakout. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tune in for more from The Wayback Machine, The Edge with Larry Holliday.